Brian and Jan podcast. She is the delightful, discerning, disciplined, and downright dazzling Jennifer Horn, who is also your conservative conservative crusader. Yes. Please mind the cape and this, my friend. That's Brian Whitman. Hey, He's our lovable liberal. <laughs> well, we're in the middle of convention season, obviously uh, election day, right around the corner, Whitman. And so the polls are flying out. I mean, whoo, it's like one every day. But, you know, who are you going to vote for? Why are you going to vote for them? And and what's important to you? We're getting a lot of those. Yeah, it's like the pollsters. They rush to the phone, you know, on uh, Friday morning to call people. They called on Thursday saying, hey, uh, did you change your mind? And you know the people, are you like still the there? Daily, right, the daily tracking poll. They're like, hey, uh, they dusted hey, Biden off. They brought him out of the basement. You still okay with that? Yeah. I, hey, uh, Biden walked to the mailbox. Uh, and you, on a scale of one to ten, ten being that's fantastic, a one being, oh my gosh, you shouldn't leave the basement. You would rate that uh, five. Can I get an eight out of here? Yeah, sure. Okay, boom. I'm not suggesting <laughs> they manipulate, but how about that? You're in the daily tracking poll, and they every day. I'm sure they just do it on their phone or something, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. You talk about like you're being feeling like a science project. Ooh, no kidding. Every now, I think day. the polls, the polls, like uh, you do, you feel like you're they're watching you, right? They're watching you bubble. They throw in something that happens, a current event, and then they see what ha- that you're like their control group in uh, these tracking polls. That would be kind of annoying. I yeah, think I would, the polls, yeah, right? They they misread Trump. I think in the days of Trump, it is really tough to get a good, accurate poll. Well, on I- candidates. Okay, I, I actually don't agree with that. I, 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 I disagree with that. And the reason I disagree with that is because I don't like – no, I'm kidding. No, it's, obviously I'm kidding. <laughs> My I, only proof not. is 2016, just the whole year. That's <laughs> well, I don't have any proof except 2016. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right about that. And there's, there's no denying that that happened. There's no denying that there was a case and that was the case. And there have been others, obviously, where the polls were incorrect. They were not right. They did not accurately predict the outcome of a political election, and that's what we're talking about about polls here in, in, in this context, obviously, with the presidential election on November 3rd. But with with regard to President Trump uh, and the time during the time he's been president, which is more than three and a half years now, obviously seeking reelection, his approval ratings have always been in a very general area. And I'm and I'm going to say they're about 33 to 43 percent approval. Now, he's, he's gotten a little bit higher. And I don't you know, so that's kind of. The trend, and that's what polls identify, Jennifer, right? Trends and his trend. And by the way, it hasn't really moved up. And isn't that the problem as he leans into November 3? Uh, it might be. I still think that when you look at the polling that matters, and that is. Hold on, I'll get it. My phone's. We're doing the podcast from home. <laughs> Hold on, folks. That's right. No, seriously. How old am I? Who has a Listen, phone like that? Do you, me. Do Listen to this, folks. It's great. Is it from Sports Illustrated? I'm going to do the Barney Five. Stand by. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I hung up on whoever it is. I don't know. It's probably the IRS or something. Do you have a football just... phone in your house? I mean, that is like the oldest style no. ring that I've heard. I mean, I haven't heard that ring since I was eight. Right. Well, this is my life. I mean, I sort of – we'll get back to the polls in a vintage. second. I know what, it's vintage. They used to, they used to poll me. They, I was at the daily tracking poll for Calvin Coolidge. They would call me and say, what about Cal? <laughs> And I said, well, hold on, the phone's ringing. No, that is actually, you'll tweet at Jennifer Horn, I'll tweet at Brian Whitman, a picture of that phone. 
And if that doesn't drive you to, to the world wide I know. Web, I that know doesn't make you go to Twitter. I don't know what will. All right. So uh, the polls, I think, are, are tough for Trump because he uh, people don't always. Uh, first of all, people, when they get asked, don't always want to say that they're voting for President Trump. They feel like they're going to be ridiculed. They feel like the pressure is there, certainly. And so I think that maybe less of that exists right now because people are more comfortable with the MAGA agenda. I think more people are willing to say, yes, I'm not going to be laughed at. I, I support the president. And I support them happily. But the polls that you have to look at are the ones that are done in the states that are really going to determine this election, the battleground states. CNN has President Trump and Joe Biden in a virtual tie. Now, whether or not that is true, I think it is more indicative of the polls, especially national polls that have them like 17 points apart. I don't believe that to be true. I think if that were true, maybe you wouldn't have Joe Biden spending all the money that he is right now on on television commercials. Now is the time for these candidates to create differences between their two campaigns, their two uh, platforms, their two parties, so that people can make the right choice and move ahead. So those polls, uh, I like to look at them out of interest, but I think the ones that really interest me are the ones where we find out what's really on the mind of voters. Certainly in 2020, Whitman, I think you would agree. Most people, I think, would say that coronavirus must be at the top of any poll when asked about important issues for 2020 voters. But in this one done by Pew Research, It's not. It's not even in the top three. The top issue, according to Pew Research, and this was a um, a study done between July 27th and August 2nd, 2020, shows that the economy uh, is still the top issue for voters. No, it's just that it's still the top issue for voters. And uh, for okay, and it's not Democratic voters or Republican voters. It's general voters. This is just registered, right? That is very interesting. So I wonder then, second, third, you said coronavirus, COVID-19, not in the top three. That's almost impossible. to. How does that round out that that poll? So here's how it goes. The economy, 79% think that that's the most important issue. Healthcare, 68%. Supreme Court appointments, huge issue, 64%. Then the coronavirus outbreak at 62%. Number five on the list, violent crime, 59%. Rounding out the rest, foreign policy, gun policy, race inequality, immigration, economic inequality, climate change, and abortion. Now, if you look at this from the issues that we typically associate with Democrats and issues we we associate with Republicans, this looks really good for President Trump. With the economy in the focus and with Supreme Court appointments in the focus, these are things, violent crime, that President Trump has been talking about that maybe Biden hasn't been so so fast to jump onto. You are right. You are correct. I would I would add to that any poll that surveys any voter who says COVID-19 is not their most important issue is good for Trump. And on the flip side, any poll like that Fox News poll a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks, maybe a month ago now, that said most voters regard as their number one most important issue, the priority is COVID-19 coronavirus. A terrible poll for President Trump because on, on that issue, on this issue of the pandemic, that's where the president, at least according to Fox, on that scores the lowest. He is perceived by voters as being uh, – they – they least approve of his job of of the job he's done on the issue of COVID-19, the pandemic and coronavirus. I'll say something about these polls. And I think it's very interesting. That poll is very interesting and people vote their pocketbook. We know that. But I wonder out loud here with a positive COVID-19 test result. And Jen, you've been through the ringer yourself here. I think that if there was ever a year, there was ever a time that Dare I say, not even healthcare. I think it's viewed as kind of a wonky legislative issue. Wellness, 
how people feel, if they're doing okay, and I mean physically, if they're well, that if this if it's ever going to be the top priority for a voter, it would be this year, wouldn't it? After all of this, twenty twenty, you of- might. Yeah, you might think that, but I think that would be based on the idea that somehow President Trump has failed at the coronavirus. I know that's what Democrats are saying. I know that's what the media is trying to hang on his neck. But the coronavirus is a pandemic, and I think people are smart enough to realize that this wasn't created by Trump. It wasn't created by Biden. It was created, I think maybe if you're going to blame anybody, by the Chinese communist government. But if it came from anywhere... And if yeah. it spread rapidly because of it, the, that's where you would blame. It's not necessarily the government. In uh, well, night can, number can one ask, of the Republican, can, yeah, and just in night number one of the Republican convention, President Trump put together this package reminding us just what he did in terms of the early travel ban, in terms of uh, fast-tracking treatments, fast-tracking vaccines, providing uh, economic help for people who have businesses that are in pr- trouble, who can't pay their rent, to uh, to get protective equipment for frontline workers to get ventilators so that no one in this country went without a hospital bed or a ventilator when they needed it. And I think that we have to maybe stop the rhetoric that's coming out of CNN and MSNBC and start listening to or start just paying attention to what really did happen in the months after we started learning about coronavirus. Well, you you, you gave the, you, you said and you're right that COVID-19, the virus is, you know, it's biological, it's mother nature. You can't blame the president for that starting. That, and I agree with you. Another act of nature is a fire. Another act of nature is a fire. And in the world of the governed, judging, the elected, responses to an inferno by the government that maybe diminished it or maybe didn't focus on the fire or maybe actually stopped attending the daily meetings or the daily briefings to the American people on the fire that's raging around them, that's also an act of nature. So it's an issue of response, with all due respect to those who might disagree. The the issue is the president, President Trump, our president, will be judged not because COVID-19 happened, but for his reactions, every single one of his reactions. And I think that's and that's what I'm getting at is that his reactions were perfectly appropriate. And I can't imagine anything that anybody could have done any differently that would have created a better outcome. The sad thing is that with the virus, people are going to get sick. And with a virus like this one, we're finding out and it's tragic. People are losing their loved ones. People are losing their lives. But when you look at the deployment of the military into New York City, these huge military ships that could have been filled with uh, with senior citizens, instead of dumping them into nursing homes like Andrew Cuomo did, and actually having the blood of these people on the hands of the governor and the state, this the president tried to help bail them out. And if local governments didn't want to come to the table or had a different idea about what was appropriate, that was under their jurisdiction. But for the federal government's part, what the president delivered on supplies, resources, nurses, frontline workers, all of that is, I think, really beyond even what anybody else could say that they could even possibly come up with to do. I only have one thing to say. And you please, Jennifer, take the final word on the Brian and Jen podcast. The- those details, not to diminish those details about this event we've all been living in for seven or eight months, they are not I this is just what I what I believe at the core, and I think I know politics pretty well and the way people I studied it and you have as well. I think that I know I, I know I, if and the electorate when people feel a certain way, 
the details of what he did or what he did do or this or that, if you feel a certain way and you have felt that way and the way is with a dark cloud looming overhead, Joe Biden talked at the convention of darkness and, 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 and going for the light. So if people feel a certain way, Jimmy Carter, 1980, Ronald Reagan clobbered him because people felt malaise, a word Jimmy Carter never used, but that was a feeling. So um, when people go into the voting booth, if they feel like, oh, we're headed in the wrong direction, that old right track, wrong track polling question back to the polls. I think that feeling and this is a significant, overwhelming feeling of our lives for the last eight months. I think that actually drives a lot of votes more maybe than you're than you're considering. I think I certainly could be wrong. I think that it's about who can get us out of the situation that we're in the fastest. Once once this virus moves on, who can rebuild us? Once uh, once we have vaccines, what will things look like? And I think there's a clear choice. You know what Joe Biden can do. He led the slowest economic recovery of our time. He ended thousands of manufacturing jobs, actually put people out of work and ignored a virus with the H1N1 flu that did not get the media attention that coronavirus did because the media is in the bag. Of the Demo- They're in the back pocket of the Democrats. Hey, I think Joe what Biden President hurt. Trump, what <laughs> President Trump has had to endure while going through impeachment, while going through investigation after investigation, the output of his government is something that people are going to recognize and they're going to realize that he's best suited to bring us out of where we are. And by the way, if we were under the leadership of Hillary Clinton right now, I can guarantee you that the economy would not be in as good of shape after eight months of shutdowns and closures than uh, it would have been because President Trump was in office. So uh, hey, that, hey. I think... I appreciate him. Corn hey, pop. Jen, belligerent Biden here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually what you said. You know, I said corn pop was a bad dude. You almost <laughs> make me sound as bad as corn pop. Why are you going to do that, corn pop? Almost, yeah. Joe. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I get a test? <laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. <laughs> cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. How's that? Okay, it's. Uh, we thank you for joining us here all the way <laughs> until Election Day, all the way until uh, the Best possible news about this worst thing with the pandemic and also tracking the economy. Businesses reopening, hopefully the schools, but I don't want to see Jen. I'm the liberal. I don't want to. Hey, hope some areas, the schools are open. There is some I sanity know. out there, just not in well, California where we live. Oh, see, this is the thing. I think mom and dad decide if it's safe for kids to go to school. Right. OK, uh, but. Maybe, or Governor Gavin Newsom in California. <laughs> okay, or the governor. Look, if you can't reach your, uh, make your mind up, well, that's why the governor is there to uh, let you know what you think. Isn't that? Yeah, that's how it works. I'm comfortable with that. Huh? Okay, it's the Brian and Jen podcast. Each night.